<laughs> well, good evening, everybody. Thank you very much for coming. And I haven't done a presentation for some time, which you'll, you'll soon realize that and probably leave early. So uh, anyway, th this <clears throat> just to tell you what I'm I'm very old, as you can see, and I haven't driven rally cars for a long time, thank God. And um, I've, uh, I work for the Institute of Advanced Motoring. And the Institute of Advanced Motoring is a charity that <clears throat> tries to teach people to drive more safely, and it's very good. And uh, <clears throat> that was uh, a thing we did at Silverstone. And um, one of the guys from, from Afghanistan was there with no legs and drove bloody well without legs, believe it or not. Uh, what did I do? Press that for the next picture. Right. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. When I do the IAM lectures, and that's going around the country to their departments, and some of them is a bit like, uh, arriving at Dad's army shed, but anyway, the, um, the, we do the thing on the drink and driving. I'm not going to go into that boring because I love a good drink, uh, and so I don't drive very much. Anyway, it's quite interesting with between spirits and beers and what have you. But I won't go into that now. It's boring. Just police-wise, uh, now the police are in the news. Chief police lady has just resigned, and I sort of my wife was high sheriff. And I grew up with Sarah Thornton. And Sarah's moved to the Met. I wonder if she'll get the top job or not. But she's a good, nice lady. And my son, William, is in the place. And my, a couple of my grandchildren. And he used to come up down the road with his siren on, blue light going, even when it wasn't necessary. But anyways, <laughs> the, um, we did a great thing. I was uh, on the board of Silverstone for a while. <coughs> Silverstone the British Racing Drivers Club, and I did something which I thought was good because I thought the image of the BRDC is not always good. I think a lot of people think <coughs> that young racing drivers waste a lot of money, uh, drive badly, and waste champagne. And uh, so what I did is I got the IAM involved with the, uh, the better drivers we have, the, the prize winners. And they all became members of the IAM and passed the test, which was great for the IAM and great for them because they'd never heard of the IAM before. And uh, it's a wonderful charity. And if we can get people to drive before 17 and learn about car control, we can save a lot of lives, I think. I always find um, kids from farming families with driving the father's tractor and what have you were, became good drivers. Um, and that was, uh, I was brought up a Catholic in Belfast. Have any of you seen Belfast, the film? Yeah. Anyway, it's a bad image of Belfast, not all like that. But I was brought up as a Catholic in Belfast and went to a Jesuit college in the south of Ireland. And then I went to Trinity, Dublin. And in those days, there were only 3,000 students at Trinity. And I didn't know that you had to get permission from the Catholic Church to go to Trinity or you would get excommunicated. So the Telegraph found that out recently, and I've been excommunicated. <laughs> so I'm free. <laughs> I can kiss Protestant girls. <laughs> uh, that's the Hopkirk family in Belfast. Slightly better part of Belfast than was shown in the film. Uh, that's me on the left-hand side, five of us. Um, then I got married in London to my lovely Jenny, who I'm still married to after 55 years, 
on my right, and that's Andrew Hedges, my co-driver, who I did Le Mans with. Um, he, he came over from Dublin and brought that bloody thing and put it, and put it around my ankle, which I had to go to a, a, a filing shop to get it off. Uh, sorry, that was... Uh, yeah, my wife became High Sheriff, Sheriff of Buckinghamshire, which I'm very pleased about, which she enjoyed. And if anybody thinks that job gets paid, doesn't get paid. It costs you a fortune. Um, and then if you're Catholic thinking, you breed like that. That's the family. Because <laughs> we don't allow birth control. Uh, then my first car was a, a Harding that was given to me when I lived in White House outside Belfast. And that's me with it. It was a, a two-seater bath chair really, with a motorcycle chap engine in the back, driving one wheel, and the brakes only worked on the back. So it taught you quite a lot about skid control. And, and um, that's uh, Ross Braun there. We started to rebuild it at a charity I worked with called Skids in High Wycombe. And that's it finished. And it's now in the, in the Gaydon Museum. And it's nice because if you start driving at nine years of age, you to get an idea about it, and it was great fun. Um, that guy in the middle is quite controversial. Um, I was president of the BRDC and allowed to take that picture with him. Um, Patrick and I both passed our advanced test with distinction, that's my son Patrick, uh, with the IAM, and I'm very proud of that. Um, but I mean, as you get older, the driving is bloody awful. <laughs> Nighttime, I don't like. Um, oh, what's we're not? No, sorry. This is a when we did a thing at Silverstone, we tried to <coughs> we tried to show the BBC what good drivers so can do. But um, this this is my. I think this is the cheapest way to learn to drive. You can take your mum's or your granny's car out. You can have a gin and tonic in the dashboard. You can. Um, you can have a go. This is, I love auto tests. I think it teaches real skill, and I wish we did more of it. Um, when I, we did it way back before you were all born. Uh, we had a Northern Ireland, Scotland, uh, North of England, South of England team, and I used to lead the Northern Ireland team on television, and we won it every year. It was on a Saturday afternoon, and that's me, the captain of the Northern Irish team, winning the award, and that's me receiving the award, and that very modern Irish television set. <laughs> um, this apparently is in the car park here, but that's good. I can't do that, but somebody else can do it. Well, this is bloody good, this guy. <laughs> um, just the interesting thing, I've been asked at the moment to write a few, and I think I learned a lot about skid control from motorbike and cycle. I bought a motorbike when I was young, as you can say, and my father said, you're going to fall off that. And so he made me put a sidecar on it. And a motorbike and sidecar, I mean, it's a bit of an old nanny's thing, but it's, uh, it's great because you can steer it with the accelerator. Uh, you can make it go right with the front brake. If you, it's so many different things that make it go in different directions. Fantastic on a slippery road, I promise you. And then I had an Austin 7. And then that's Mary Berry, who you all know, and she lived near us. And I took her up Cop Hill time in my Harding. And then uh, Jenny and I were asked to do a thing for the Sunday Mirror. Uh, we did it for a year and a half 
on driving, and we did this drawings every week on how to drive properly, and we've put it into a book form now. It's quite fun to remember. Funnily enough, the, the mirror had lost all the drawings, and the artist had lost the drawings, so I said, oh, forget it, and then Jenny found an envelope one day with them all in it, but we've done it. Um, going back to rallying, I went back with my lovely friend Alec Poole, and that was winning the Pirelli Marathon Rally to Italy, and I'm just going to show you on the left is Sterling Moss. Poor Sterling's no longer with us, and Ron Gammon's on the right, and we won the rally in 6EMO, which is, has also just won the REC rally two years ago. Uh, it's my car, one of my antique cars. Well, just let me show you this film because you haven't seen it. In, in 2011, uh, BMW had bought Mini, as you know, and <clears throat> they decided to go back into rallying with David Richards of ProDrive, and they made this video, and the, this is very German, this video, and, but they've got some shots in it that I'd never seen before, so please bear with it. Rano Alton and I made it. 2011, but then the whole thing fell over because David Richards went to Munich and asked for another 50 million or something, and they told him <laughs> to go away. So anyway, that was the new car that David Richards had prepared, and uh, we drove it through the screen. And um, anyway, it all fell over because I said he went over to ask for more money, and BMW pulled the rug on it. So it never went back into rallying in its modern form. Um, just. Yeah, I just wanted to show you that picture because some of you here will remember Raymond Baxter. Paddy, and, uh, what does it feel he, like? Forget the word. He, he interviewed us, uh, Henry, Lydon, and I in Monte Carlo, and BBC let me have that recording, which they said you're not allowed to have, but anyway, they very kindly did. And uh, that's him interviewing us after he'd won the rally. Um, now, that is a picture that BMW made me put in from... <laughs> Orders from the Gestapo headquarters. <laughs> when they were trying to show me how lovely their product is. And they said, you know, we invented the backup alarm. You know that thing you got in your car with beep, beep, beep? That's complete rubbish. It was invented by the Chinese. And that pig, <laughs> that pig farmer backed his pig into a barbed wire fence. And that's why he got the idea from. Um, we first made a name for the Mini in 63 uh, in the Tour de France, which was a very big event and the first sort of event on television in rallying. And the big Fords would beat the hell out of us up the back straights. It was all the different race, racing circuits in France and Germany, Nuremberg, etc. And uh, we would beat them in the twisty bits. And the French fell in love with the car. And to pick your girlfriend up and Paris and a Mini was much better than an Aston Martin or something. And, uh, and then they stuck that up on the, on, the, on the Turini Pass the year I did the Monte, so they all knew about it. Uh, that's my mechanics, some of them still around. God, the mechanic, we had the best team of mechanics in the world at Abingdon. Those guys would lie down and die for you. They were fantastic. And thank God we still see them. Um, and just to show you the route, the Monte Carlo Rally was on the other day. Ford won it. Nobody knows about it. There wasn't an inch in any of the major journals. But um, because it started and finished in Monte, and uh, just to show you, they were very clever, the Monegasque Club, because they, <coughs> they started in Lisbon and Monte Carlo and Frankfurt, and I started in Minsk up there. 
which is in the news a bit at the moment. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, it got great publicity, but it was a hell of an interesting event. But now it starts in Monte Carlo and finishes, and it gets, I mean, I'm really worried about rallying. I think it's getting no publicity and no money. Um, of course, the big thing was meeting Princess Grace, who was Grace Kelly, and that was fantastic meeting her. When I got back to London, Castro laid a party on. I think we had drink taken at that time. And uh, uh, give me a photograph of the Beatles who signed that to me, which was lovely. That's, I've still got that picture. Um, and then, of course, it went on Bruce Forsyth's show, which that was the only two channels in those days, BBC and ITV. And there were 27 million viewers on a Sunday night watching ITV. So here was a car being shown to 27 million people. And uh, that's what really put the sales up. We had the merry-go-round at the end. That's Henry and I standing with the car and all those girls. And Tommy Cooper's down there at the front. Um, and then that's name dropping. That's in Monte Carlo with Fangio and, and, and Alec Isagonis. Um, and that was a picture taken up that night after dinner with a lot of very well-known people there. Um, they did a stamp in Ireland with a mini on it, which is nice. Uh, uh, Andrew and I won the motor trophy at Le Mans. Uh, Harry said to me tonight, what, did you win your class or something? I said, bloody hell, my Le Mans tire. I did five Le Mans. Anyway, we won, our, we won the motor trophy 13th overall with that MG. And we averaged, I think, 99 miles an hour or something. Andrew was a lovely, wonderful co-driver. Uh, I did a bit of Formula Junior racing. Uh, and I love the De Chevaux car. I'm very sad it's gone. And I, that's why I bought that one for my daughter. I had about six of them. All my kids learned to drive on De Chevaux. And I think it's a very good car to learn to drive on because if you took... You haven't got much power for acceleration, but it's a wonderful. It was designed, as you all know, because the French farmers could carry a dozen eggs in it across a ploughed field without breaking them, I think. Anyway, it's a great, great, very happy memories. I love the Dushavo. In fact, one of them, I had about 10 of them, and one of them started to rust in the chassis bend, and I was trying to fill a hole in my garden, and I put it in the hole and buried it in. <laughs> So the guys with the metal detectors will find it one day and say, oh my God, what's this? Um, the other rally that was very interesting after the, was the long distance one. That was the London-Sydney. Just to show you the route, it went from London across. And we went through Afghanistan. We stayed in Kabul. I mean, it is, when it went over the Khyber Pass and down to Bombay. And then when we got to Australia, we went from Perth across the Nullarbor Desert all down to finish in Sydney. And those were great events, those long distance ones. That's a painting of me going through the Nullarbor Desert. I mean, that's what it was like. We were in Austin 1800. And that was a crash that Bianchi had. He was leading the rally. And in the last stage, a mini came the wrong way and hit him head on. And everybody thought it was a kamikaze job, you know. <laughs> but it wasn't, actually. His co-driver was driving, and I forgot which side of the road they were on. Anyway, we rescued uh, Lucien, who was trapped in the car. It went on fire. Alec put the fire out. Um, and that was Alec Poole on the right there with me, who was a wonderful guy, and lovely uh, Tony Nash in the middle. Tony, sadly, not with us any longer. 
Uh, and then we did the other long distance ones that were very interesting, was the London Mexico, the World Cup rally. And uh, that, that went all around Europe to Lisbon. And then by boat we went to Rio de Janeiro and down through South America and right out and finished in Mexico. Fantastic events. I spent three months in South America practicing for that. And uh, now the reason I'm showing you that picture is, do you know who that is? <laughs> all right. Well, the reason I'm, I wanted to show you that is that's, that's, I'm a sales rep, and I work for this company with my son called McGarden. We supply the locking wheel nuts on quite a lot of the BMWs and Minis at the moment, anyway. I'll probably get sacked shortly, but anyway. <laughs> Bernie's <laughs> Mercedes don't fit our product. And that's Bernie's car in Chelsea Square. That's a genuine shot. And that is Bernie, there's Jules Holland, Bernie in a Chelsea pub, and that's Alec Poole's grandson. Lovely little boy. And when he's got that expression on his face, Alec tells me he's only doing one thing. <laughs> and that is filling his nappy. So he's the only guy that ever crapped on Bernie and got away with it. <laughs> Um, is, that all, is this going out live? Are we, are we breaking the rules? Um, that's how we did the service. That was in the Greek rally, Acropolis rally, which we won with the Mini. Um, and I had a driving school in Belfast. Is that one of our pupils or one of our... I don't know, anyway. Um, right, sorry, that you might think is stupid. Nothing to do with Tanis this evening, but... And Alec Poe's co-driver found that. That's a metal plate that's for sale in, French, in France in the markets. And she found that recently in the Marseille market. And hands up who speaks French here. Oh, God, you're <laughs> And Well, bon coeur, I think I'm pronouncing it, means winner in French. And the French came into the room saying, we're looking for the wanker. <laughs> So I got quite upset about it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Any chance of a job, please? <laughs> Thank you. So, Paddy, I was reading a story in uh, your book the other evening about, yeah, you were practicing on a recce in the Monte Carlo rally and you saw some lights, red lights ahead of you on one of the stages and you thought, that must be one of the top crews who are going so bloody fast, you couldn't hardly keep up with them. Do you want to take, pick up the story from there? Yes, yeah, well, it's absolutely true. We were up and down the Shamroos hill time outside Grenoble and I was with Ron Crillon, my co-driver, and we were really fed up, been very snowy and all day and cold and we got the notes right and suddenly we saw these lights and we put our foot down and said, ah, it'll be the Germans and we'll have a few drinks tonight. And, and anyway, we couldn't catch this bloody car and it was a 2CV in fact, <laughs> but it, it, it was rolling like hell. And when we got by, past it, there was two nuns in there. <laughs> <laughs> They'd come down from being up seeing the priest at the top of the mountain, you know. So they, they didn't, you didn't persuade them to enter the rally then? <laughs> so 
I'm, I'm just, obviously, the, if you search against Paddy Hopkirk on Google Images, it comes up thousands of red minis for, for obvious reasons, but of course you did lots of driving that wasn't, wasn't in minis. Uh, I'm just going to take you back to 1955, I got this out of your book, and I was, I was fascinated by this because it's a TR2, yeah, 1955, your own car, and PRI 2222, this is you racing at Kirkiston, the, the only race circuit in Northern Ireland, and then this is you also PRI 222 rallying the same car, I mean, these days, obviously, cars are so specialised, but there you could, could race it on a race circuit one weekend and rally it the next weekend. Well, I think, yeah, well, that was Kirkuson, but I actually had that car when I was in Dublin. And um, we used to, Dublin, on a Saturday afternoon, where the university organised little trials, and you went out to crossroads in the middle of the Wicklow Mountains. They put down some chalk, put up a couple of pylons, guys stood with a stopwatch. And you did the auto test as quickly as you could, and he was the least fastest time at the end of the day was the winner, and then we all got totally pissed in the pub and <laughs> went home. So uh, it, no, that was from those days wonderful, yeah. yeah. And um, again, uh, going away from, from from the minis, of course, a very important stage of your career was the uh, was, was the Sunbeam Rapier. In fact, you won the Circuit of Ireland Rally in in, in one of Eight those. Times, yes, and won the Alpine Rally in that as well. Yeah, yeah no, no, the the Rapier. Well, we had a very good team manager, Norman Garrod. And with a wonderful team of mechanics, you know, it's not just the guy behind the wheel. It's always the entourage of the people behind. With BMC, it was the same. We had a wonderful team of mechanics that would do anything for you. And uh, Roots Group was a great time. In fact, I went to the Roots Group Museum the other day, which is up um, near Banbury. And they've got all the stuff there. It's really interesting. And I was very honored to be there. And, uh, and there is a Lord Roots, apparently, who lives in the Isle of Wight and still around. But I did show them <clears throat> a picture of a guy called Henry Henkel. And I hope, I don't know if there's any of his relations here or not. But when we went to America to race in the West Coast, California, this guy, Henry Henkel, looked after us with champagne and caviar and all. Anyway, on his way to Switzerland, he stayed in London in Mayfair with Lord Roots. He stayed in his house, and Lord Roots noticed he had a very big suitcase. And um, anyway, he went off to Geneva the next day. <laughs> it was all over the papers. He, the biggest robbery that uh, uh, the accountants in America had ever had, he sold cars on the HP that weren't his cars, and he had the money in the suitcase, and he said, <laughs> Lord, that, that's, uh, he was German, actually, but that, that, that takes on brass neck, that does. <laughs> anyway, I found the photograph of him, and they, were, they put it up on the wall. Sorry. So, so, still on the subject of the rapier, wasn't, wasn't there some trick here with the, with the gearbox? You're only supposed to overdrive on, the, on top gear or something, and you, you <clears throat> yeah, well, put, put the overdrive the, on, all, on all gear, so you had eight, eight The trouble is the torque in the, in the overdrive was designed only for second, third, fourth gears. But we used to use it on first as well, which put a lot. And they tell me, and there's somebody here tonight, very fond of Mike Hawthorne, that they think that's what happened with Mike Hawthorne, uh, that, the, that maybe the overdrive seized, because he, he, his rear wheels locked, I think. And that could have been it. And we weren't meant to use the overdrive on first gear, because the amount of torque broke the whole casings open. Although I, we never did that. And what was it legal? What? Was it legal to have overdrive on, on first gear? It wasn't sort of a grey area of the rules? Well, I didn't ask, I just... <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so yeah, we, we, we've seen a lot of this, this car. I just put out that picture, the Michael, famous Michael Turner painting of it. Uh, All right. Uh, obviously, there's lots and lots of uh, photographs and film of that uh, famous occasion. You, you mentioned earlier on that you, you, you did Le Mans. This is you, uh, is that, was that the same race that you, you had on your own presentation as well? Yes, well, I did five Le Mans, five, six, and uh, I wrote, when I was driving for the Roots <coughs> group, I drove an Alpine, yes. Uh, very, very wonderful experience. I mean, it's rather boring in a low car like this, but it's still a great experience. Sure, and uh, you mentioned earlier on you did a little bit of single-seater racing, but uh, you didn't really take to that. Well, I, I did quite well at the start, and then I find that the first band, I remember Cam Terrell was there, and uh, only famous drivers were there, and I found these wheels up alongside my cockpit, which I didn't like as much. I'd like big saloon cars. Too dangerous. Sure. <laughs> and then we, we had a great do in uh, 2014 in Belfast. Um, there was a, the Paddy Hopkirk Gala marking obviously the 50th anniversary of, the, uh, of Paddy's famous Monty win. And I'd, I'd raced this car on the Revival. I was asked to bring it over to kind of represent that phase of your career that I'd, I'd raced with Derek in the, in the Goodwood Revival. So that was a, a very memorable weekend. And it was raised 50 grand for the integrated education in Northern Ireland, which is all denomination schools, which is really wonderful to cure the religious arguments long term there. You get all denominations going to the same school, which is great. Yeah, and that's, that's you again outside the Stormont building, but I think that's the replica of the, of the car, isn't that's, that's, or is that? The, is that the yeah, no, one? that's my, my replica. I, that was built in Northern Ireland, and the, the captain of the lifeboat, the captain, what do you call the guys in charge of the lifeboat, is, uh, he built it on it, and he built it from way back in, in, in the, when, when the original car was built, and it's, it's a perfect, almost perfect replica, and Motor Mini Sport have it now, and we let it, we let it out for charity. And it goes out a lot, it's used a lot, it's very good. And I think the, the original is actually in Gaiden um, Museum. Oh, well, no, yeah, well it's not, no, no, it's not, no, that's kept by Mini, mini Sport now, mm. but it's the mechanic that built my car, Gerald Wilson, has been over that car with a tooth comb and he said, it's nearly perfect to the original one, it's very well copied. Because the one, the one, sorry, the one in Gaiden, yeah, they do let it out, but they charge a lot of money for it. And it's in awful condition, sadly, because people have nicked bits off it. And that happens, you've got to watch. People do nick bits off them, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody here would dream of doing that. <laughs> okay, so if, if Mike Dawes is, is around, Mike, are you, are you here? Okay, well, should we go and do a, a few questions? Happy to take a couple of questions from the, from, from the audience? <clears throat> yes, um, please. Sure, sure there'll be a few. I'll just hand over my, my mic to Mike. Mike's doing the mic. Hello, Paddy. Out of the two cars, which do you find most fun to drive? Well, the, the, the Healy, the big Healy scared the hell out of me. Um, I mean, it was a wonderful car, but very difficult to drive. <clears throat> the Mini was the easiest to drive. But again, a lot to do with the backup. The mechanics, the manager, uh, the car didn't matter so much. It was the team effort and what to do and how you... I mean, the tactics of winning events uh, wasn't just all driving. Co-driver, very important too. I had wonderful co-drivers, men, wonderful friendships. I built, thank goodness. Sorry, does that answer? Good evening, Paddy. Um, 
As a co-driver myself, uh, I just want to know which was the co-driver you had the most fun with? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> All right, which you... We used to share a bedroom to see these fancies. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no, great fun with them all. Uh, lovely. And Peter Proctor, uh, uh, Henry Lydon was wonderful. Henry was very serious, very English, very serious. But uh, he is very good. And uh, Ron Crellin and Tony Nash, oh, one of men. I had. Tony sadly committed suicide, and uh, I hope it was nothing to do with me, but it's, no, it's awful. That. And I had lunch with his, his ex-wife the other day. I said, no, no, wonderful friendships I had. And you got, I mean, it was like being married because you were sharing a room to save expenses. You got to know them in the car. You went through the reading the wrong notes, and it was a bit like being married. You had the odd Barney with them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, done it all. Kitchen. Uh, uh, anyway, no, it's, it's great. great. Um, I love them all. Yeah, Paddy, were you ever asked to be in the Italian job? <laughs> no. Uh, if uh, not, would you have liked to have done it? No, we were asked, sorry, we were asked, Timo, Rano and I were all asked to do the trick driving, but we weren't members of the equity union which was the actor, John, so we weren't allowed to do it. But there was an approach made to me recently about repeating the Italian job, uh, but with from Minsk to Monte, because Minsk is very much in, in the news at the moment, in Belarus and all that. And um, I mean, it was very, very remote and uh, you know, the Russians had never seen sort of our cars before, and to come there, it was minus 38 or something. I mean, the cars, self-starters wouldn't work because we couldn't get the cars in garages, so we had to tow them. And the Russians were saying, oh, we have self-starters in our Volgas and what have you. And uh, no, no, it was, and they, there's a possibility that if the money comes, that they might make another movie, um, another movie about Minsk to Monte. But if, what do you call him, Jimmy Dornan plays my part, he'll be slightly better looking than me. Um, good evening, Paddy. Um, I'm sure I speak for everybody. We thoroughly enjoyed your, your talk tonight. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you won the Monte Carlo Rally in 1964, and you should have won it in 1966, too, which I think you could tell us a little bit of perhaps of the background of you not actually getting the prize that year. Well, it was say the mechanics all told us that it was planned that we wouldn't win it because I think the French thought we were swapping cars, which some people could have done, I suppose, but we didn't. I mean, Stuart Turner was a wonderful team manager and he didn't do anything like that. We didn't cheat with anything we were going to get caught with anyway. But they, 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 uh, they, they, took, they took the cars to bits, they counted the teeth on the gear wheels, they weighed the tires, and then of course they found the dipping lights. And I mean, I remember being interviewed by Ludovic Kennedy at 10 o'clock at night, and it wasn't about rallying, it was about France versus English relations almost, and terrified. And I mean, we all came back and did it Sunday night at the Palladium again, and if there'd been a Frenchman in sight, he would have been shot. It didn't, it didn't help international relations. And we weren't cheating. And, uh, but they got us on the lights because we were 
dipping onto fog lights because we had single filament bulbs in those days, so you had to dip onto another light, and that was legal, but apparently not in France. So they got us anyway. But it actually got more publicity for the Mini because the three cars were on <laughs> the Bruce Forsyth show. Hi, Paddy. We've got a question from one of our YouTube viewers here. Uh, how did the Paddy Hopkirk accessories come about? By accident. <laughs> well, uh, I, I came over to England, a matter of fact, called John Cracknell, who had a shop in Peterborough called Carquip. And he said, why don't you make stuff with your name on it? And I said, fair enough, we'll do that. And we did it, and we did it, made overalls and things. And I've had several businesses. I mean, I actually brought Toyota to Ireland and originally in 1964, when nobody even knew what Toyota was. And, uh, and I've had several businesses and factories. I don't owe anybody any money, but I've never really made any money, because I actually couldn't run a bath. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, but I enjoy my charity work with the IAM, and uh, if we can get young drivers, I've got grandchildren now, if we can get them to drive, because the damn thing, speeding test thing you go on when you've gone too fast and you go to school, and they talk about speed all the time, they don't talk about car control enough, and I would love to see Silverstone teaching 14-year-olds how to control cars like farmers' sons do with the tractors and what have you. That would be my, I would, that would please me, but I'll never make any money. Uh, Paddy, um, Nigel from the uh, Hawthorne Museum. Um, I was lucky enough to have an interview with Lofty England from Jaguar Cars, uh, only in the last 20 years though. And he did say that um, Hawthorne's car overdrive was locked out when they were racing. But of course, Mike died racing on the road, as you well know. And um, they did find the overdrive in uh, the on position, uh, obviously, when they broke, broke the car up after the accident. This is Hawthorne's car. This is Hawthorne's car. Um, Thank you. Isn't it? Um, um, they did find the overdrive was in, but of course, obviously, in the accident, or effectively when he hit the tree, they don't know if it came into the, the on position then. But um, your idea is a great possibility. But in fact, out of interest though, um, Innes Island's wife, uh, who later married um, Innes, uh, Jean Howarth, I'm not sure if you ever saw her, but she was um, a model at the time in 58-9. And she said that in all truth, Mike with, you know, gave up um, F1 because he was uh, effectively starting to uh, blank, blank out because of his kidney. Remember, he lost a, he had a kidney illegally removed in 52-3, uh, so the FIA didn't know. And then Gene Island said that um, he began to black out uh, occasionally you know, because the second one was dying and there was no dialysis machines, of course, in those days. So it's a total unknown, but uh, just thought you'd like to know the overdrive was found to be on the uh, imposition. Well, I, I don't know. The only thing I know is if you locked an overdrive, I think it's like putting a handbrake on. And if you put a handbrake on it hard at 90 miles an hour on the bypass, wherever he was, 
it, it wouldn't be easy to <laughs> decide where you're going to end up, you know. And by the way, if I may just say, I'm fascinated, I've been told tonight, that Barnes Wallace, because I'm so bloody old, I remember the war very well, and Barnes Wallace was actually, this was his design office and what have you, what a great... Because I remember, I've just put up, sorry, Carol, I just put up a memorial sign. I live in Buckinghamshire. I've done the same house for 38 years now. <clears throat> it's in the middle of nowhere, my little farm. And uh, I found out that in the field, 100 metres from the end of my garden, uh, a bomber crashed there during the war, a super fortress, uh, with nine on board. It was on its way to bomb Versailles. The Germans were building a new airport at Versailles. And it was on its way to take out that airport. And it caught fire and crashed 100 metres from the end of our house. And it blew every house around to bits. But our house, the blast went over the top. And our house, you saw it in this thing earlier, it's built in 1540. But the blast went over the top, luckily. And I put this memorial sign up. And the daughter of the pilot is still alive. And it's wonderful. I watch people passing that and taking a hat off and reading it and, and giving it respect and somebody put a poppy up on it on poppy day. But the young guys were saying to me, well, what are you doing that with Americans for? And I've got to say to them, if it wasn't for the Americans, you might all be speaking German. So there you go. <laughs> now we're getting into political argument. <laughs> uh, hi, Paddy. Um, do you have any uh, memories of uh, rallying with... Uh, Pat Moss and Anne Wisdom, and uh, oh yes, yes. Uh, and uh, could you describe a few stories that would? No, no, just Anne and Pat were part of. I mean, Anne was Tommy Wisdom's daughter, and Tommy came to Targa Florio in Sicily. I remember I raced there four or five times, which was a great circuit, forty odd kilometres, and it was a real rally driver's circuit. But you had to try and remember the bend. But Tommy Wisdom was a lovely journalist, very important. Anne was lovely. Peter Riley was lovely. Peter was one of my partners in business. Um, yeah, very happy memories, all those. But they're all bloody dead now, these people. So awful. Yeah, here, here again. Um, Paddy, at the time, did you realize the magnitude of what you were doing when you won the Monte Carlo? And if not, at what point did you realize what actually happened? Well, I don't think I did, no. I mean, I didn't cash in on it. And, I'm glad in a way I didn't know because I didn't want to just be chasing money. But I get very worried today because I was actually president of the BRDC for a couple of years. <clears throat> and uh, I get very worried about the big money in motorsport and what have you, and not particularly rallying because I know Herbert Deese very well, who's head of Volkswagen, and he was head of Mini. And I had dinner with him recently, and he's pulled out a rally. And uh, he says it gets no publicity. What's the point of winning a rally? It doesn't get any mention. It costs about 60 or 70 million a year. So, uh, I mean, we were in it in the days. It was great. And all right, we probably could have made more money. But money, to me, isn't everything. Friends and, and happiness and having good friends and a good life. And, I mean, luckily we didn't kill ourselves. I mean, we had no rule. Okay, I went over to Donegal recently. They had a reunion, and they took me to the spot that I turned a mini over 
uh, over a hump there, lightweight mini, and I went, ended up on the roof and spun around and took the roof off because there was no roll bar. And I met this old guy and he said, I was driving the tractor that pulled you out of the field. <laughs> and uh, that, that's, those are wonderful memories. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, when you were with BMC, you obviously worked with the legendary Stuart Turner, who then went on to Ford's. What's your best, worst, or most amusing story about Stuart? Oh my goodness! Well, Stuart is a Stuart is a very was a very clever journalist and was a wonderful team manager. I mean, by changing tires and having all the selections of tires we needed uh, in the right place at the right time, and the notes he used to have co-drivers going over the rally stages, marking the notes. And I mean, there was no computers in those days. It was a, it was a, what do you call it, machine. You know, you printed them out and somebody took them around to the start of the stage and you got a stage with red lines on the notes, which was, there was ice there. And I mean, he did all that. He was a very clever guy and wonderful guy. And he, he's, uh, he's gone a bit quiet now, Stuart, but he's still married to his lovely wife lives in Oxfordshire near, near Thing Bob's farm. What do you call him, Jeremy Clarkson? Farm, that's a great program. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, Stuart Turner was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I'm very honored to have been employed by him and worked under him. And I haven't got a bad thing to say about any of my bosses, I've got a few bad things to say, which I won't, about some of the other drivers and what have you, but um, it's a very happy times. God, I was lucky, you know, I'm so lucky. Thank you. Pa Paddy, you, you've sort of mentioned rallying a present and, and, and the future. I mean, obviously, the, it doesn't get anything like the publicity that, that it used to, and we haven't had many British and Irish drivers recently, but of course, we do now. We've got Elf and Evans in the Toyota, and Craig Breen now driving for Malcolm Wilson in mm -hmm. M, M Sport. Do you think, can you see either of them lifting the title in the, in the next couple of years? Well, Craig Breen's a lovely guy, and we have a thing called the Irish Racing Drivers Club, and we get drunk in RAC Club in London once a year in December. Yeah. And um, He's a very nice guy, but, but he was fifth in the Monte. Uh, he's third, I think. Who knows about it? I mean, enthusiasts know about it. I watch it on the television, but I mean, I haven't got time to do that, so I'm sorry. I'm not. The, I, I just, if it doesn't, if people like Volkswagen pull out because it's costing them 66 million and they're getting no publicity, I think it's going to die mm -hmm. in, in its form. And I think. Uh, our wonderful driver from Northern Ireland, uh, who got the sort of uh, withdrawn from uh, rally driving, and he had the terribly high-speed accidents. Chris Meek. Chris Meek. Yeah. I mean, I think the managers were scared that two people were going to end up dead having an accident at 100 miles an hour in the middle of a forest, and and you don't want that sort of publicity, you know. I mean, in our day, nobody got hurt really. The speeds weren't high enough, really. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's terrific. Well, we've all uh, very much enjoyed your, uh, your presentation and the little chat and the questions, and uh, thank you very much indeed, everybody. Big hand for Paddy Hopkirk. So I, I know a few people had some uh, books and toys and models and bits and pieces that you wanted Paddy to sign. I think Paddy. Yeah.